Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Athletico Physical Therapy, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joniak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. The guys are here and they're joining us, Waddle and Sylvie, for a very special Bears Weekly live at Hallis Hall. We've done this a time or two. Our first show together was at the Bears draft at Soldier Field, and uh, we love being with the voices of the Bears Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak. I feel like I have to be in my best on my best behavior. You do a little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah. How Tom are you guys Wright? doing? This is new for us. Yeah, is, I mean, yeah. not not that we haven't been all together, certainly, but uh, this here particular show, kind of a formula, hit all the buttons. But now we got uh, a couple wrinkles, and Tom is a player. <laughs> You want, you, why you do adjust. you Why do you look at me and say we have wrinkles? Like, is no. that <laughs> something physically you're no, looking No, you got to adjust. We got to adjust. Absolutely. Adapt and overcome. So Amen. That's what we need. That's what the Bears need to do, right? After yeah. week one? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Heard a lot of good things today and, and yesterday, so we'll see how it all adds up. Uh, assistant coaches, the offensive coaches, just uh, were available to the media, so they rotate last week defense, this week offense, so everybody obviously wanted to talk to. Offensive line coach Chris Morgan, uh, but also to Tyke Tolbert, uh, just uh, where Chase Claypool's at. And with Claypool, he said he's hustled and worked harder than any of the receivers this week. First to show up at meetings, and hopefully it'll translate. So, uh, And, Tommy, I don't know what any of that means to you as an ex-player, but that's out of the mouth of Tyke Tolbert. But Tom, hey, you know, but, Tom, this yeah. is the perfect spot for a player that you can't wait to get to the next Sunday, right, because you want to make good on what transpired last Sunday. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of weird because if you look at the player, the plays that they're criticizing Chase Claypool for, you know, there's reasoning behind it. You know, the first outside screen, that lateral screen, the ball was tipped by an unblocked rusher at the line of scrimmage. So it interrupted the flight of the football. There's no guarantee you were going to catch it anyways right. because the defenders were already in pursuit of the pass when you when they saw it. Then the next one that he comes in, he has a crack on a linebacker. Hits the linebacker really good, but Darnell Wright doesn't have enough depth on his pole. And then he hits Claypool, and his block knocks him off, and then they make, then they have the play. And so everybody's blaming Claypool. You know, when you have a design of an offense, you know it. When you have 11 guys trying to do one specific job, everything's got to fit perfectly, and there's an exact to everything. It's not trying to get to a general area and then see how the block unfolds because you know on the 15th play of the game Robert Tunyon he had a block he was an exterior wide receiver and he got run over by a defensive back that's as egregious as any of the Claypool plays that that everybody's highlighting and the thing about it is is all these social media evaluators. They come and they look at a couple plays and then they put it out there and then it's the blame game and so that that's just not the case because I can sit here and go through my notes on every single play and you can talk about how do you improve it. And so I think that's the thing about the offensive coaches going forward and the defensive coaches. When you look at a tape, you got to have thick skin because you're going to get criticized in front of your peers whether you like it or not. And so you, what do you do with it? Do you... 
put your head in the sand like an ostrich, or do you go out in the practice field and do what you need to do to improve? And when uh, Matt Eberflus was talking about the technique things that every it's every single guy's job has to get better at their technique. And to me, when you go from training camp, when you go from like 70% max to 100% on game day, it's almost impossible to catch up on week one. So we'll see how it is week two, week three, and going forward. And how much do you think that they'll be able to go from 70 to 100 here in week two? You've talked about the heat a lot, Tom. Right. And it's not, and we talked to Jeff yesterday on the show, it's not like it's going to be 100 degrees, but they're 86 or 89 with a lot of humidity. Is and when the sun peeks out from behind the clouds, I sat out there in the, in in the crowd in, in on a cloudy day two years ago when Tom Brady threw his six hundredth touchdown against the Bears, and for the ten minutes the sun came out, it felt like I was sitting <laughs> on the sun. That's how hot it felt out there. All right, so, at, so right now six o'clock, it's eighty six degrees. On Sunday, there's a thirty percent chance of rain, so that means it's going to be humid and it's ninety degrees, which probably be a little bit higher than that. When you have a blue helmet on. You know, there's a lot of heat absorption. It's going to be orange. Going, well, same thing. It's orange a dark helmet. color. I like those orange helmets, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, they're outstanding. You do? I do. Orange you helmet, like orange them? uniform. Uh, you know, I'm a traditional blue guy. You know, I want to see the Bears come out in the uniforms that they've been wearing since 1920, although they do have the other, you know, uniforms. Do you like the blue with the, the white logo? You like the blue with the white logo? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Boy, we used to sweat like we stole something right. out there I mean, in the blue jerseys, though. Your head we? would come out feeling oh. like a raisin at the end of the game <laughs> with those blue helmets on. And the, you know, and that's why Tampa wears white at home. Exactly. You yeah. know, and then they have the sideline that doesn't get shaded as the sun moves, so you sit in the sun all is, game. Is that seriously why the Bears are probably wearing the, the orange? Because they don't want to wear the dark blue and the Makes elements? a lot of sense. But, you know, you've got to pick a couple games a year to yeah. alternate, so that's one of but, them. But, you know, get, getting yeah. back to the heat, it is a factor because when you go out for pregame warm-ups it's about 11 o'clock uh east coast time zone and so now you're out there for a couple hours before actual kickoff and when you go into the locker room after warm-ups there's sometimes that you're already so drenched in sweat that the the game hasn't even started yet it could be soupy but i think it's worse in miami that's really you that's, do yeah humid in miami and they got the sun they put you on the sideline where the sun's just baking you, you remember? Yeah, and then they have a, a, a dark green tarp down that oh, yeah. absorbs even more heat. Hey, you stand on the, the grass advantage. and you stand on the tarp at Miami, it's 15 degrees hotter on the tarp than it is on the natural How grass. How will it affect what you guys are wearing in the, in the booth? It does, no, it does not. In, <laughs> tank tops in the booth? And you, you, looked at, you looked at me serious with that question. Yeah, no, we're going to go shirtless in, in this I one. I right? thought tank no. tops. Yeah, tank, tank top, top weather. Yeah. So listen, so, um, so for the TV, show that we have to do on the sideline is half hour live so i called the guy for the camera guy from fox and i go hey do you shoot us from just the waist up or do you see our legs at all he goes no it's pretty tight from you're the wearing waist shorts up. yes flip-flops no no, no, sandal no. I'll, wear, I'll wear shoes but i there is a good chance that i will be in shorts uh Shorts and a suit jacket for the no we don't no. We, oh, no. we used no. to well I did he never did never and did. It, it, the contrast got to be to the point where I I look ridiculous or he does one of the two and I'm in a suit, suit and tie wait there's a case could be made we should look the same so a couple of years ago we started wearing a, a bear shirt and there we go that's I what like we that. did yeah uh, you know aside from the heat and Claypool and all that the biggest news of the day is Kyler Gordon yeah yeah, yeah. I mean we knew he's probably not going to play but now he's on IR. 
to what extent is the injury, not sure, but uh, that's a big loss. Yeah. I, I think Who it was steps ready. in for him, Jeff? I think it could be a combination of guys. I mean, Blackwell obviously is on the depth chart as the backup, but, you know, I think when they bring Stroman up. But on the injury the report, he didn't practice today. Blackwell. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah, see, that's so, it. That's just it. Yeah, I got the injury report here, too. Yeah, so that's, you know, so, hey, all hands on deck because they put good Godwin in that slot, and he's, he's a rugged, mm-hmm. outstanding receiver, yeah. one of the best duos in the league with him and Mike Evans. So that, that is a major position to address. Uh, Tom, so you, you talked a lot about the, the armchair film guys, right? you know, and I like to watch a lot of that stuff. You with the trained eye. A guy who knows what he's watching. I, I compared it to, I said earlier, it's like taking a boat ride. Like, sometimes you want a captain who will explain it to you, and those are the, the people who narrate it. You don't need a captain because you know how to navigate the waters. So if you're analyzing the 60 minutes of filmed us, what are your big takeaways from watching those 60 minutes that you would tell us and Bears fans that you – the biggest takeaways in your mind, not from anybody else, that Tom Thayer took away. Before you answer, say, I'm the captain now. Go ahead, Tom. Right. That's say good. It. I'm not Gil, Gilligan. Um, no, it's it's just more of, I, I, I really think if, if you're going to have football timed up to the exact way it's got to be um, designed and the rhythm that you need and the act exact whereabouts after a receiver's running a route at a hundred percent. I just don't think that you can have you can come out of training camp with that when you have so few reps at a hundred percent together. And whether it's an angle by a wide receiver going to hit a DB. So that DB who Green Bay said before that was might have been one of the most physical training camps they've ever had. So now if these guys are going through training camp and they're working 85 to 100% and you've been working at 70 to 80%, now you have to get to a specific angle on a crack block or wherever you got to be. Maybe you're not exactly in the right spot because you really didn't do it at the game expected speed. So to me, um, you know, there's a lot of things. Let me, because um, I do have, you know, notes on my phone. Well, you and, look for that. Just yeah. let, me, let me add well, this. Let me add this, though, because, you know, the chemistry of the offensive line, we always say it's got to be great. But right. that also matters to the defensive line and matters to the secondary. So Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker didn't play that much in the preseason together. They were both banged up. So that matters. All of it matters in the end. Route combination for receivers and tight ends yeah. it also is important for them. You, Tom, hold your notes. We'll, we'll, okay. get, we'll back right. to, get back to them uh, in Bears Weekly. We've got Cole Komet yeah, coming Cole up, Komet too. Yeah, Cole coming up. Conversation I have with him today. So he'll uh, address some of these topics as Jeff well. Jeff loves I'll Cole. Coming up. He's the son he always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, it's Waddle and Sylvie in for, uh, with the guys, Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or a virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. That's right. It's uh, Waddle and Sylvia along with Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, your hometown call. 
for the Chicago Bears. We are live at Hallis Hall. It is our pleasure to join the guys today. And we saw Cole Komet. He popped in here into the studio looking for you earlier he did, today. Yes, he was, when, he was when, very he, disappointed he, when he saw us. Right. I could Shoulder see the disappointment, slump. yes, in his face. And I immediately said, you're looking for Jeff. He's out there. <laughs> He's out, yeah, yeah. So, so, they brought him to the wrong place. Yeah. So, so, so you, yeah. uh, you yeah, caught no, up yeah. with Cole Komet? Caught up with Cole Komet. Uh, covered a lot of topics. Current, future, present, you name it. Let's hear what he had to say. All right, how bad did it hurt Sunday? Yeah, that was tough. Uh, that was probably probably the hardest one of the ones I've played in yet. Um, all games or just Bears-Packers? All games, for sure. Wow. I mean, that game means the most, I mean, to me personally. Um, you know, I still think guys that, you know, aren't from here may not necessarily understand the truth, like really what yeah. it means to guys who are from here and, and the fans it means from. I mean, that's a game where, you know, if I, you know, you're 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, you're crying at home after the game. You know, that's what that game means. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I definitely felt that. And I was super emotional for a couple of days about it. Um, so a hard one to get over, but uh, but one we got to move on from. And you kind of just have to take the perspective that even though it's it, it really isn't only one game, you know, because that game does mean a lot, uh, it, but it still is one of 17. And we got to be able to move on here and and get going here against Tampa. Yeah, the whole the whole cliche of don't make one loss equal two. Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah. that really is confronting this team this week. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, there, there's a, there's got to be a balance of taking what happened into the practice week and using it, you know, for good, and but also moving on from it and, and, and creating a positive attitude in the locker room going forward because uh, there's a lot of football left and it's week one. And, um, you know, I was watching tape around the league. Like, there's a lot of teams that didn't come out ready to go. So, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we gotta we gotta use this week of preparation, get ready to go here, and get a win against Tampa. How about your role in the offense? Uh, this Tampa team is going to be pretty dangerous with mm-hmm. the pressure packages out yeah. But you know, it could you can make them pay too, can't you? Absolutely, yeah. So they're going to bring pressure, so we got to be good about our checks, and you know, Justin will, Justin will get us in the right calls, and um, you know, if I gotta block a block a defender, block a blitzer, you know, those are the type of things I'm gonna have to do. You know, in third down situations, and we got to hold up so we can. Um, dish out the ball to our playmakers here. So uh, we're looking forward to doing that this week. And, um, you know, we're excited about the plan. And, and we're looking we're looking forward to get a, get a good rebound game here. You're so well-spoken. You're engaging. You communicate extremely well. Uh, your thoughts about the game. Mm-hmm. Are you that way with the fellas in the locker room? Do you Are you now uh, comfortable now in your fourth year with a young team to speak your mind? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, – you know, I, I feel like I have to speak my mind on things now because um, I want to win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to win, and uh, you know, I'm going to say what needs to be said, and, and like I'm going to be respectful about it, obviously, yeah. and all those things. But um, you know, when I when I think something needs to be said, I'll say it. And at the end of the day, though, I, I just think it's just about going to work every day at practice and, and treating those practice reps like like game reps and and making sure we're on it there. So um, you know, just telling the guys like making sure we're prepared throughout the week, making sure you're at practice, doing the right things, and taking care of your body and so we can get rolling here, um, you know, starting starting in Tampa. All right, you got Levante David, you got uh, yeah. uh, Devin White, you got – and you got, you got that little guy who is just like his dad was, Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr. Th- those could be guys that attract your attention. Uh, yeah. What do you think of those three guys and how do you – how do you handle that? Because they, they they gave up a lot of catches last week uh, yeah. to Hawkinson. No, they did. Um, yeah, they're they're physical. I mean, uh, they gave up catches, but they didn't give up a lot of yards right. either. So they're 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 uh, they're quick trigger guys. You know, they're fast, they're speedy, uh, side to side, and um, 
they're hard hitters too, so they've shown that on tape. So um, I just think at the end of the day, we just got to show our show our physicality towards them and, and, and do that in the run and pass, and I think it'll be all right. You know, watching you catch the balls there in the uh, second half, you get chopped down, man. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of that. You yeah. know they're going low. You're yeah. a tall timber. You're, you know, uh, is that automatic to you, or can you never really relax that part of the idea that that guy's coming low for me because he could really hurt you? Yeah, I think, yeah, there's a balance with it. Um, you know, some I think like the first one um, when we had in the red zone in the, in the first half, um, Jair made a good play because he, he was gaining depth. Uh, on the slam, and I threw down, thinking I had more room to him than yeah. I did. Turned around, and he triggered pretty well. So, I mean, that's a veteran, veteran guy knowing what he's doing. Um, but yeah, you know, you just got to feel those things out and and be able to, you know, get that stiff arm down when you can, and to, to kind of protect your legs a little bit. But it, yeah, it's definitely hard. You know, they're, they're trying to chop you down because they know they can't get you up top. All right, uh, Chase Claypool, he's a lightning rod right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, for what whatever the reasons may be, but yeah. you, you know him better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell us about him. What we don't yeah. know about yeah, well, his passion I, for this. Yeah, I think I think I think that's what it is. It's his passion, and um, you know, sometimes it gets it, it gets out of him a little bit, and and you know, it, it becomes a thing. And um, but he knows, you know, he knows what he's got to do. All those type type of things, and he's frustrated. He wants to win too. No one wants to win more than Chase. And um, I know he was he was frustrated with some things uh, this past week, but. Um, I know he's have, looking forward to have a good rebound week uh, coming up here. Like Coach says, eyes forward. Eyes forward. Eyes forward. Yeah, got it. I'm going to ask you this, and I, I may have before, so mm-hmm. answer it again if you can. But, yeah. I, you know, I know what you're going to answer, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. What is the most underrated aspect of your game that doesn't get talked about enough? Yeah, I think it's been my blocking coming out. Um, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I knew he was going to say that, but I got a yeah. different one. But go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I think it's been my blocking. Um, I think people kind of started taking notice of that this past year a little bit more, um, especially with our ground game doing so well. So, um, yeah, I'd say that that's kind of always been it coming out of college. And, um, you know, I've always had a physical element to me. It's just a matter of, you know, getting the technique down. And, and I just keep getting better and better at that as, as my career progressed. Yeah, you know, you get – you get very, you get a little edgy about when people start to question your blocking. Yeah, yeah. right. Don't yeah, you? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know why this thought is out there, but yeah. I think, well, I think it's just to me. If you're going to say that, at least for me, when I was coming out, I thought it was a little bit of a lazy analysis. Um, I don't think you were really watching the film and doing your homework on it. And not to say that I didn't have a lot to improve yeah. as a blocker, but well, that, uh, that's constant. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you could definitely see that. You know, I had a willingness, and it was there, and um, that that physicality part of my game has always been there. See. I'll take the physicality part, and now this is mine, mm-hmm. is that when the ball's in your hands and you have time to either you're, you're catching it on the run mm-hmm. or you have a chance to turn and get your shoulders upfield, good luck yeah. tackling Cole Komet because yeah. you are tough mm-hmm. with the ball in your hands. To me, that's underrated. And guys just slip off you when you have a chance to get the wheels yeah, going right yeah, away. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Too? Yeah, no, that's something um, I know that like Fluis loves about me. It's tone yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, I tell these guys. I mean, even if you can just get me on a screen pass and um, you know get eight to ten yards to start a series off, like it brings some juice. And you know, I'm always gonna, always going to be falling forward whether I'm getting tackled or not. And um, yeah, I do think that's part of my game that I've done pretty well at. And, and look to continue to excel at. You know, talking to Ryan Poles a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't think of this, but it's the draft-driven team. You're mm-hmm. a draft, drafted bear. And a lot of teams are now starting to look at that because you have to pay a franchise quarterback, you're blowing out the budget. So right. you got to draft well. Mm-hmm. you got to draft guys. But uh, organically, they, they kind of take over the locker room. Mm-hmm. So 
you're on the the first phase of that, obviously, right. predating Ryan Poles with Ryan Pace drafting you. But do you feel that natural progression where the younger guys are, are starting to mm-hmm. own that room? But no disrespect to the veterans that yeah. have been here a while. You agree? Yeah, with that? no, I absolutely. I mean, I think there's something to say about guys who are in the same locker room for a long time. And um, I remember when Jason Peters was here. You know, his main thing was <laughs> people in the league love guys that have been in a, in a certain area the whole, the whole time, and there, there's something to that. Um, so you know, you kind of listen to those older guys when they say those type of things. And um, yeah, and it's it's important to have guys that you've you know, drafted, be here, and, and, and be able to excel here and, and, and be, you know, eventually become leaders in the locker room. All right. You know, the homegrown thing, and, you know, we sat down with uh, your other homegrown brothers, the, yeah. the Hometown Heroes piece we did back uh, late in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the spring. Yeah. And the reaction that I got from it, and me being a Hersey guy, a local guy too, helped, you know, but uh, I, these guys are really like gen- genuinely love being Bears. Mm-hmm. I go, well, yeah. Well, what'd you expect? They grew. Up, all yeah. you guys were Bears fans. So mm-hmm. uh, when we sat for that, I mean, you learned probably something about those guys that they didn't know about you, and vice versa. Uh, but you know, that that says a lot about what's in your heart and mind about the Bears. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, would you agree? Oh, all yeah, those guys? absolutely. And I think there's just something about it. Um, you know. The guys that you bring here, they kind of understand the the environment here in Chicago, um, how to deal with things, and you know how people think about things here, and and all those type of things. So uh, they know how important Chicago is. Uh, the, the Bears are to Chicago and, and to these people here, and um, you know I know all of them. You know we're honored every every moment we get to step on the field with the Seattle Helmet. You know you wouldn't want it any other way. You will want to play in a place that the fan base has no passion. Right. Right. You know. There, there are bandwagon fans out there in certain cities. When things are going well, they flock, mm-hmm. and they, they bring it, and they buy the, the merchandise. So Absolutely. Here, you know what you're getting. Right? Absolutely. You know yeah, what you're you know, getting. And you can, there's some guys that I think have come in here that, um, you know, whether they, they hear the booze early after, you know, yeah. it's drive or whatnot, but, like, I'd rather play in that knowing what the outcome can be when we do our part and do the things right because the atmosphere, uh, it can't be beat, you know. Um I think you know we're the largest market that has that has only one one team in the city, um, and you know the people want to rally around the Bears. So uh, when we get this thing going, and the, the the atmosphere and the environment in Chicago is going to be incredible. There you go. There's Jeff Joniak with Cole Komet. Yeah, I think he does want to adopt Cole Komet. <laughs> really good stuff. I love the way you uh, you have a conversation with them. It's not just Q and A, Q and A. They are conversations. It's what Waddle and I try to do on, on the Waddle and Sylvie show. I want to talk about it as a group uh, with Cole Komet. We also got to get uh, Thayer's notes uh, from watching uh, the game film. We are live at House Hall. It's Waddle and Sylvie joining Thayer and Joniak. This is Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. That's right, we're live at Hallis Hall for Bears Weekly. Usually uh, Thayer, Joniak, and Jim Miller, right, for Bears Weekly? Off-season. Off-season. Just off-season, yeah. And then, and then you yeah. two during in-season. Correct, yeah. Usually yes. after our show, but we've got White Sox baseball on early, so we've joined forces with the guys. And uh, we just heard... The Colcomet interview. Tell us more, Jeff. All right. Want VIP access to every Bears home game? Exclusive seating, Tommy. Sideline credentials and more are now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. What do you think? What Tommy what you think? were you talking to? I was looking at Waddle. Right, right. Yeah. 
Well, you've already got the guy. I like how you, you call him T. Waddle. Yeah. I, you're T. Thayer, but you're Tommy to me. I, you know what? I think Cole Komet is one of one of my favorite people up here. And I think 100%. Cole Komet is a guy you want on your football team. And I think last year Luke Getze finally put him in position to take advantage of the stuff that he does well. Um, not to be overly critical, but I never thought that Cole was one of these tight ends that you split out like George Kittle or even Hawkinson, the kid that plays up in Minnesota now and will threaten the middle of the field with his speed and athleticism. To me, he's an inline wide tight end who's really good in the run game at times, who can give you something in the red zone, and, and just they, they use him correctly or they used him correctly last year. Yeah. I thought that. You know, I, the, you know, the whole game has to speed up for the Bears offense, and Cole included. You know, the first play of the game, they have a lateral point of attack. So they got Cole lined up to the right-hand side outside the right tackle. He comes across the formation, and he's going to cut Preston Smith. You know, you really can't cut in the hole because then Preston Smith is able to push him down with his hands, and now you have a body in the hole, and then you have a tackle for a one-yard loss. To me, I want to use Cole Power going straight ahead. I think he's a great athlete, and it's like, you know, there's another play, the 30-second play of the game. If you throw it to Cole Komet two seconds sooner than you threw it to him. Now he's going to be in an advantage of me running over Sylvie. And I, I just mean a big guy against a defensive back. You put Cole can, in that. Can you actually, can you do that? Can you show us yeah. that? In live? I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah, can you, I'm can leaving. Just, I would like but, to see a live demonstration. No, I, I think, you know, it's not. like that one th- the one throw they threw to him down in the red zone. The, you, the advantage was to the defensive player already. And when Jeff asked him about these low shots on him, I kind of winced before. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in during his call. But, you know, when Justin started talking about making quicker decisions and thinking sooner, um, even, you know, there's, there's a play, the, you know, the 30-second play was to Cole. And then they had one to uh, Blasting Game that if he throws it three seconds earlier to an outlet past the Blasting Game, it's a completion for a 15, 18-yard gain. Instead, it was an incompletion. So when you talk about what can the Bears do within a week's time to make sure they're a much better offensive football team than they were just a couple days ago, it's just the timing of plays. You know, for the opening play of the game, you're at home. Rather than having a lateral point of attack, you have a point of attack. The the best block on that play was by Nate Davis, and I know that T. Waddle, you know, that guys have been critical of him, but I think it's a little bit unfair. If I was going to have a designated point of attack going into the next week, a lot of the times I would want to follow behind Nate Davis and Darnell Wright because you got to give these guys the off the opportunity to explode straight ahead. If you think you're going to do it laterally, you're playing right into the hands of a quick defense like Tampa Bay or what, what – uh, Green Bay was this past weekend. At home, you can hear the snap count, so that's what should be ingrained in the in the head. But it's got to be a, a cadence that they become accustomed to listen to Justin, so they can almost anticipate it just an instant, just an eighth of a second quicker than a defensive lineman can get off the ball. And just subtle things like that can change it, and you can take advantage of the power blocking of Cole Komet on the line of scrimmage or – you know, just uh, a quarterback seeing the play an instant 
quicker. So you got a lateral point of attack on the first play of the game, the first play of the third quarter. Now you say, okay, you guys, we've got 12 minutes. We're going to make some adjustments. The first play of the third quarter, Justin play fakes with his back to the line of scrimmage, and they have an unblocked tackler coming right at him, and it results in a sack. So anytime you're going to take a chance of throwing the ball with the quarterbacks back to the line of scrimmage, there's things going on that he's not even aware of. And it happened a couple times in the game that, you know, you got to allow Justin to be able to see what's in front of him. Oh, one, I have a, a, a two-part question about Braxton Jones. Um, what happened in game one with him with the penalties? And because I love the dependability I loved his rookie year. So what what happened with the uneven performance? And then the second part of that question, Tom, for you is um, there was a, a play when they sort of pulled him, which uh, some people on, on these film breakdowns right. said they pulled a left tackle, which some said they've never seen before. Oh, that's crap. That's a pinch OT, the counter tray. You saw Joe Gibbs made a living off that play. Oh, God, Joe Jacoby pulling from the tackle. That is a bunch of baloney. All right, so and tell so, me. So, no, Braxton Jones can pull. You can have a right guard and, or a left guard and a, a left tackle pulling, leading the sweep. They have a counter OT. That's a, O is the guard. T is the tackle. There's, a, there's plenty of plays where tackles pull. <coughs> Excuse me. To me, Braxton Jones and the penalties that he did, he was trying to get that in, that just inth of a second jump on the count. In a couple times, he just jumped a half a second early, and the official noticed Yeah, Morgan it. said only one of those were a false start. The snap didn't happen on the second. Exactly. One, yeah. so. and that's exactly right. One of it wasn't but, his but, fault. Yeah, it and, wasn't his fault. You know, so it's when, when you um, – because of they don't have, that's one of the things you talk about chemistry, is the chemistry of the offensive line is understanding the tempo of the cadence and how it is to the, the center quarterback exchange. And if there is any hesitancy by the center, the other offensive linemen are going to look, you know, ill-timed, off-timed and stuff. And so that comes with reps, and that comes with going out there in using the cadence as a weapon, especially at home. Now on the road, it's probably not going to be the same because Tampa has a supporting crowd. Uh, Jeff, you said you mentioned you talked to to, to Morgan about not me. Per- it was you, it was all the media. Yeah. Do you, did yeah. Did you get a feeling for how he felt his group played as a group? He ba- you know, he basically says the same thing every time he talks because he is an offensive line coach. Right. He's an offensive lineman. It's everything. I asked him about you know the kid Darnell Wright and they, what's he need. He went through every single down and distance situation, pass blocking, run blocking, time in the game. All got to work on it all. It's all so he doesn't pinpoint anything yeah. like that. But uh, I, I like the way he approaches it, though. He, he doesn't really he doesn't spill the beans. Yeah, you know. But he does he does uh, he does coach well. I yeah. do believe that. You know, if, if I looked at the offensive line, I would say okay, the the right side to me displayed they have the ability to be a run behind offensive line point-of-attack style run. You know, I need to see more power out of the left-hand side of the, uh, the the offensive line. In Braxton, to me, and there are some pass protections, he needs to play lower. And, and that's the thing about it. I asked Jeff.
have to ask him, please stop admitting yeah. what your weaknesses are at the podium. <laughs> Just keep that to yourself and work on them in practice. Because I don't think Braxton Jones has ever shied away from any work that he needs to do on the practice no. field. So I'm not sitting there going to make wholesale changes with the offensive line. I'm just going to, like I said, you got to go back and you you watch tape and you you correct them. It's an acute need, though, on Sunday. An acute, acute need to have proper identification on all these blitz packages, or whatever pressure package they got, or what kind of stunts they do, because they all they they're great at stunts and twists inside too. Every one of those guys up front, and then most importantly, in my opinion, uh, but I'm not an offensive lineman. Vita Vea. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Vita Vea's got to be slowed down because you can collapse the whole game plan. Right. On pass protections, if you don't know it by now, then I have, I have some concerns because you should know all of your assignments by now, especially these guys have been around for a couple of years. Well, not Nate and Darnell, but, you know, direction of protection is pretty obvious. I want to talk to you guys when we come back about how the defense gets more pressure on Tampa uh, coming up next. All right, so Joniak and Thayer with us. It's Waddle and Sylvie. This is Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by CDW. People to get it. Now to Mark Silverman, the host of tonight's Bears Weekly. <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> it is an honor, too. We've had fun so far with uh, the game day and uh, the pregames and everything that we you, do. In the you haven't, sure you shave this I, week. You I haven't told Tom something, though. You might as well try Well, no, now. you know what? So... Oh, when yeah, I, right. So I didn't know that you had that step stool. Yeah. And so I peripherally, I could see <laughs> someone, and I thought Keith was in the booth, or I thought I'm going. Like a tall guy, I'm yeah. going, who is that? And I, and I look, and then finally I go, i got to look. And I look, and I go, oh, it's, it's Sylvie. And right, so, he has something to tell you, not ask you. Tell me. No, no, I'm going to ask you. No, you got to tell him. i got to ask you. Okay. Tell him like you told me. So I'm taking the family to Kansas City right. uh, with my wife and, and my two kids. I have a nine- and a seven-year-old. They can't come in the booth. No, 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 no. <laughs> And, and, and nor would I ask that. Nor would I tell you. Sylvie wants you to babysit the kids on Saturday night so he can go to dinner with his wife. I hear you're great with the, the nephews and I am. nieces. I'm babysitting my great nephew tomorrow night. They see, I hear you're great with that. And nor would I ask you that. I would not impose that. Um, so they're going to be out and doing their thing because they know that I got to work. It's right. best you cut to the chase. So I, yeah. I got to work. So I'm going to be with them. It's a bucket list item for me to go to Kansas City. I've never seen Arrowhead. I want to see what this is all about and, and the tailgating and everything like that. So I've got to host pregame. In Kansas City. In Kansas City. So I would like to host the pregame show from the booth. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm going to be on my couch. <laughs> what the? What the? <laughs> See, See, he told me he's asking you. That's a sign of love. Is that a no? That's going to be. You better better go pack and brisket or something. (laughs) What do you want? I'll take your order. What do you want? So, I mean, so that means so the four hours before two hours. No, two hours. Now think about this. Let's do this analytically. All right. <laughs> you are on half the segments. Right. You're on with me. Right. When we talk to you, uh, Dion and Lance. You are on when we cross talk with Jeff and you and J Mac. Right. And then there are two other segments when Joniak is interviewing. 
uh, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Those are four segments, right, when I'm not even in anybody's way. You are a heck of a salesman. So so now we're only talking about, like, three or four other segments He's where I'm sort it. of yeah. stepping no, on your toes. Uh, think about have, it. Have you, ever, have you ever met Little Z? Of course I have. How big mean? is the booth? It's not big. Oh, there. It's pretty small. Windows don't open. Have I bothered you yet? Have I? Have I sort of? <laughs> well, we'll, you don't. We'll you don't pick, want the answer. To that we'll question. pick it up. No, a, you're we'll fine. It, no, we'll pick no, it up no, in another listen, week. Listen, Sylvie. Listen. I think he started hyperventilating. <laughs> no. Too. I, listen, we're all part of each other now. Yeah, so hundred percent. Hundred percent. Forced marriage. I will, I will no. bring the brisket. No, you know what? I have a buddy in Kansas City that owns a place that was featured on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, and we're going to go there the night before the game. So. I'm going to still be full from that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the answer is still no. It's no. <laughs> no, you're all, you're all good. No. You're all good. All right, how about I mean, defense? Would, you want to know just, about defense, right? I was hoping you weren't bringing the family along, and, you know, all of a sudden we're, you know, playing, uh, you know, hula hoopers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, so, so the defense, very little pressure. Very little pressure in game one. How do they get more pressure on Baker Mayfield in Tampa in game two? Well, you know what? He loves getting in rhythm, number one. That's so get him off his rhythm, get him off his spot. He does make plays on the move, but he certainly is not the threat of a of a legitimate mobile quarterback, but he does just enough with a little bit of grit to uh annoy you a little bit when he he scrambles. So he's got a couple of nice targets out there as well, Mike no Evans question. and Chris Godwin. So you do yeah. definitely have to harass him. Now listen, yeah. you're you're gonna have to be willing to take some chances eventually. You're gonna try to have to get him off balance. When you evaluate uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks offensive line, where are their vulnerabilities? Is it Tristan Wirfs, who had a real hard time mentally going from right tackle to left tackle? Is he perfectly in place like he was as a right tackle in this league for as long as he's been here? You know, is Ryan Jensen, who is their most physical, their leader of that whole offensive unit at center, who's on IR for the year, are they vulnerable up the middle right there? Uh, can you put in a linebacker that you feel can anticipate the snap count? Because now that you're going to be able to hear the rhythm of Baker's snap count, if you can go out there the first series and say, okay, he's pretty consistent with with this snap count. Now let's see if we can bring a blitz you know, from the corner. Jeff's a big fan of the corner blitz. Uh, you know, They did it against Kirk Cousins, the second play of the game with Winfield, and it was a sack fumble. So eventually you're going to have to try to think outside the box and bring something from an unexpected area. Well, you know, and, you know and, and the thing about a Baker is not the best athlete at quarterback in the NFL. So if you get him into a chase and now you, you stress his fundamental throwing positions, and if he does have a bad shoulder... You're going to have to take a chance. Can I flip it around as well? Because we know Todd Bowles is a very aggressive defensive mind. Do you believe that that may lead to some big plays from this Bears offense? Because if you are blitzing but you're not staying disciplined in what you're trying to do, there are opportunities, whether it's Justin in a design quarterback run or even in, in man coverage, there may be some opportunities that exist against the Bucks that maybe didn't show up against the Packers. Well, I hope it would come on first and second down. Because I think one thing about DJ Moore, Cole Komet, or whomever else is playing wide receiver, if, they, if you do have a suspected blitz coming and you have a pass called on first and second down to get yourself out of those third and super longs that you have no chance, that's where I would like to 
see him come. Yeah. And then Justin talk about maybe he has to take a chance and that you're not necessarily have a huge window of opportunity, but give your give your receiver a chance. And who is going to cover Cole? I mean, they don't have defensive backs. If you can get Winfield in a coverage responsibility yeah. rather than a blitz responsibility, you're always going to win the size matchup with EQ, with Cole, with uh, DJ Moore or, you know, whoever else. Yeah. And I think Roshan Johnson and the running backs should have more immediate opportunities out of the backfield. Yeah, you know, that's another one, too, uh, because uh, the running backs coach was asked about, you know, does he earn more reps now? Because he let him in reps. Mm-hmm. But it was all it was fairly even, and that was a plan. The plan was to spread it out. Will they continue to spread it out? That'll be an interesting discussion. It's going to be, I think it was 27, 26, 21. Roshan had the most carries, followed by Khalil Herbert and then Dante Foreman. So when when you look at all the backs, though, there was three occasions during the course of the game that the ball should have went to the back immediately. It's listen, it's no one, two, three. In the passing read. game, yeah, 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 in the passing game. And if you can do that, okay, now you got to spread the defense out a little bit. Now you can't have seven or eight in the box. Now you got to make sure that you have more of, a, of an effort to stop these guys. I got a question because Minnesota didn't even try to run the ball. Right. Didn't even try to run the ball. They had the fewest rushing attempts. And it's not like they were down 25 nothing or 27 nothing. No, they just cho- – is it because of Vita Vea? Is it because of those front seven? The linebackers are swift. They can, they can move. They have range even though, you know, they're, you know the, obviously uh, Levante David's getting a little older on the other side of 30. Um, and, and then the, the bigger question to me is, are you going to survive the field position battle? Because if you're if you're starting drives inside your twenty, or you're getting a first down sack again, he led the league in first down sacks last year. Justin had twenty, had one in this last game, or you're getting these first down penalties or a special teams penalty, which they didn't have many last year, but they did have one to start the game. You can't field position is going to be vitally important. You get that place worked up and those guys lathered up on the front, it's going to be hard. Yeah, you get backed up to one of those end zone or by the pirate ship. And if I have to hear, you know, I didn't realize this. All the years we've been there, that cannon for a touchdown goes off seven times. Three times really? for a field goal. Yeah. Every time Boom. they're... Yeah, I, no one hear the... No fight. Well, let's With not fire the cannon. Fire the cannons. Fire the cannons. No seven. I don't want to hear seven cannon shots. No, I still doing the games, too? Do you, yeah. do you talk to him before the uh, game? Always, yes. He's yeah. a very, very nice gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, I don't know that you can play a must-win game in week two of the NFL season, or can you? Uh, yeah. Uh, listen... I don't want anybody to come to the podium after the game and say, oh, this is only the second week of the season. We lost and we got 15 more games. I think with Detroit beating Kansas City, Kansas City, Green Bay already beating you at home. If you go down 0-2. Minnesota playing tonight, Philly. Yeah. You know, it's I, I do think that, you know, no, but yes. Right. No, no I get what listen, you're saying. Like, if I see a significantly different team that's flying around out there, that they got energy to boot and and they know, get beat by one, yeah. then it's different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, you guys brought up Roshan Johnson. I want to. I want to build on that a little bit more. What did you guys like, and and what you see in him? Uh, because it, it turns out, I think we liked it at the time. Uh, the draft pick uh, for Ryan Poles looks really good right now. And what we all like about Roshan Johnson, we'll build on that conversation coming up next. This is Bears Weekly on the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. 
This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit athletical.com to request an in-clinic or a virtual appointment to start feeling better tomorrow. I know I'm feeling better. How about you? I, I'm starting to feel better, yeah. Can I do Tom, a couple you... injuries real quick? Yeah. So, Carlton Davis, outstanding corner. He hasn't practiced. got a toe. Got a toe. Got a toe. So probably, I mean, he's got ten of them. Yeah. yeah, I know, but you know those aren't those aren't fun, right, to play with. And he's considered their number one corner. So the only game has, in Walter Payton's the history of right. his career. Tur-toe. He missed with a toe. Yeah. And then I I don't want to see him, but I think he's going to be a really good. Is Kalijah Cansey the rookie? Only had eleven snaps, and he caused some havoc in those eleven snaps. He's got a calf, but, but right? he's got a calf, and he's had practice all week. So that's uh, an Aaron Donald wannabe. Because he yeah. ran faster at 280 out of the combine. That's the pick kid, right? Yeah, he's yep. he's a good player. Yep. He's a good player. So I two remember. guys that may be out. Well, so here's hoping he doesn't. He's right, not available. Right, right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's like I'm that. not Jeff. I'm not one of these guys that says I gotta beat the best. No, if half your team can't play because you're sick, fine. Let's go. Let's roll. I'm just looking for a dub. Toes right? and calves hard to get. Uh, Toes and calves to... for everybody. Let's go. Kick get. it off. <laughs> what makes Roshan Johnson good, especially so, like as far as a rookie early in his career? He can do all yeah. three things. He can play first, second, and third down. He can pick up blitzes. He can catch out of the backfield if he's designated receiver. He can line up with wide receiver and still be an option. And you saw what he did to a third-level defender coming up and trying to lay a shoulder to him. Runs behind his pads, and he finishes runs. That's what I love about him. I love his attitude, his desire to be great, and uh, uh, never was... more important than what you're going to tell him. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought that the interception that, that, that Justin threw, obviously very unfortunate, but if you look at the play closely, Roshan Johnson tries to to make the tackle early. Obviously, he needs to wrap. Okay, but he's not a defensive player. The point I'm making is is he didn't get, I think it was Quay Walker, right? Yeah. It was yep. Quay Walker. Yep. Couldn't get him on the ground. He didn't quit. He got up and sprinted his tail off all the way to the end zone and put another hit on Quay Walker. So just, you know, in, in the middle of a bad play, to see a young player do what he did was was I thought was inspiring and something I hope the coaches pointed out to everybody in that building. And he was wide open. They should have thrown Absolutely. him the ball. Absolutely, he was standing by himself on the left right. side. Line what do you like about him, Mark? I like everything. I, like what what have you said uh, since he's become a bear? That what he, he he uses his body as a weapon. He says it. Yeah, and he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. it's what he yeah. likes. Is that like and, and and just the book on him since he's come out of Texas is is. What he stands for, too, right? That everyone always said that he could have transferred and didn't. He was still a leader even though he was back up there. He was playing behind B. John Robinson. Like, and, and I saw, like, after he started to run, even though the Bears were losing, I kept my eye on him, Jeff, when I was in the booth. And he went to the sideline and was trying to get the guys into the game, trying to get the crowd hmm. back into the game. It was, it was the makeup of him seems good, and it translates to what he does tangibly on the field. Little thing, like I may have told this story before uh, during rookie minicamp, meeting room, uh, everybody leaves, they left all their bottles of water, uh, uh, he cleaned up the whole room. Didn't ask anybody, just did it. I mean, that those little things tell you about the man. Are you so. going to clean up after us here? Absolutely no. not. Because Waddle will, Waddle will <laughs> not Says a lot about you, Jeff. Yes, says everything about you. Morning. I washed clothes this morning. I got to go home and do laundry as well. My wife's out of town. It's about again. Time. It's about time. I do it while I'm drinking, though, so it all works. <laughs> Guys, thank you for letting us in in today. Hey, it's always fun. All right, uh, AC in Kansas you City. Thank all the producers. <laughs> yes, we were. Uh, so Dan Barelli, Dan Barelli, Jordan Treadup. 
Tataraki. Yep. Who's uh, spinning the Dallas? Charlie, Charlie Brother. and Justin back at the station. Okay. Thank you very much. White Sox baseball. Thanks, Cole. Coming Burnett. up next uh, for uh, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Tom Waddle. I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. Bears. Thank you. Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly. Hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Bet Rivers, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite.